What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Macos to the Movies. We are back once again, and so is everybody's favorite Mandalorian, and maybe the most popular character in Star Wars history, in Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever you want to continue to call him. The Mandalorian is back, and I, for one, am excited. Rob, I know you were looking forward to this. Uh, unfortunately, Harrison from the Basement Binge was going to join us. He was not able to do so. Yeah, something about but, he had like like important stuff going on. Oh, yeah, no, all life. I heard was all I heard was I'm a bad friend. That's what yeah. I heard. You know, it, it translated <laughs> is exactly that. So, but you know. This is the one show that I think really has universally been accepted by Star Wars fans. You always have your defenders of certain things. You know, people will defend Revenge of the Sith. You certainly have now people defending the prequels as a whole. I don't think anybody defends the rise of Skywalker. Um, so that might be one yeah, other it thing. It seems like not anymore. So, um, but I think this is one of the things that star Wars fans usually universally agree on. And we've said the phrase, nobody hates star Wars as much as star Wars fans. Oh yeah. But this is the exception. Does it continue in season three? I think it's a little too early to tell, and we'll discuss why as we get into this episode. But Rob, you know, initial thoughts. You know, it's just great to have this show back. Like you said, there's there's not a lot of Star Wars that is universally beloved. I want to say you know, this: the original trilogy is pretty much universally beloved. I think that... Some fans have issues with certain things that happen on Endor. They sort of see the Ewoks as unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, outside of that, the the original trilogy is pretty much untouchable by most fans. But this show is is the one thing that unites Star Wars fans who've been around since the 70s, people who grew up with the prequels and, and even people who like or defend parts of the sequels that are undefendable. This show is the thing that unites. It's it's the one Star Wars to rule them all. <laughs> and what occurs to me as, you know, the the days leading up to the the premiere of, of the new season. You think about Grogu and Din. Is there I mean, what's bigger than those two characters in pop culture right now? And maybe if you even just want to start with just baby Yoda by himself, What's what's a bigger force in pop culture right now than Grogu? Just in terms of things that people recognize or people enjoy, people buy the shirts of, buy merchandise of, and and get enamored by. I mean, I would say, you know, probably Batman and Spider-Man are bigger than than Grogu, but I'm not even confident in that right now. Like I really feel like these two characters are kind of right on the very tip of the zeitgeist of all of pop culture. I don't know that I'm over-exaggerating much there. I mean, is there anybody else you can think of, like just massive, massive pop culture icons bigger than these two? No, I mean, he absolutely took everything by storm when this launched. And, you know, at the time, 
it was Baby Yoda because we didn't know any, you know, we didn't know any names or anything like that. And it was just everybody, you know, everybody loved this little tiny green character that ate frogs, <laughs> sipped on soup and touch buttons when they weren't supposed to. But, you know, with this episode, it definitely takes a step back to show the audience they need to take a step forward. The main crux of this episode is really just producing the path for Din to get back to be considered a Mandalorian. Uh, I thought the opening scene was really good. I just, that giant, whatever you want to call it, crocodile. But I, I really enjoyed the opening scene. But this is much more of a, a dialogue-driven episode than anything else. And I love how they just take, what, seven seconds? to explain why Cara Dune is not in this series anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, look, the Disney made a decision that they didn't want to be in business with Gina Carano anymore. And I think she made a decision. She wasn't really looking to be in business with them. And, you know, other shows will get into the nuances of that in terms of just the, the actual, characters themselves i thought the way they kind of wrote her out was effective it is noticeable though like you're if you're paying attention to what's going on you kind of be like okay so that's what they did to get rid of gina okay like you kind of forget for a second you're like you're suspending your disbelief because you're acknowledging that's what they did um it's kind of disappointing that something else couldn't have been figured out where we can still get that character. And look, there's there's if that relationship can get repaired, there's not a lot of people that stay canceled forever. I mean, Roseanne Barr's got a stand-up special coming out soon. Right. Um, and she said some pretty awful stuff, way worse than, you know, by a, a lot of people's estimation than anything Gina Carano ever said. So I think there's a possibility uh, time heals all wounds. In a lot of cases, we might still see her back and we might still see the show um, that was supposed to star her. Um, you know, it might still happen, but um, yeah, that opening scene was a great action. See uh, just kind of opening. And I, I don't know if you did this too or not, but I kind of wondered if this was a flashback. I, I kind of thought it yes. was, I thought it was a little bit of a misdirection that we were seeing Din kind of get his helmet to start. Yes. And it was something else altogether. So, all right, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Cause that's sort of what I thought. And then when we saw his, his new ships was um, kind of swoop in, um, I kind of was thrown off for a second. Yeah, I, I definitely was. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. Like he's probably just remembering back to when he was inducted. So yeah, I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, it's here we are. Um, but if anybody did forget how adorable Grogu is, not only does it happen when Din is talking about going back to Mandalore and he's just kind of sitting there staring off. Um, and why is the line, this is the way? Like, 
I don't know. I just get chills when they said it. Yeah. <laughs> it, yep. It's just every time. But when we get to see a bunch of, you know, Babu freaks from the rise of Skywalker, like that species and Yoda's well, Grogu's just squeezing him. He's just so adorable. They, they remind you repeatedly in this episode why he did take pop culture by storm. Yeah, he's um, they've got some moments and I'll tell you, they they're aware of the impact that he has on interest in star Wars and Disney's bottom line in general. Like mm-hmm. there's it's clear, but I don't ever feel like it's overused. I don't feel like his cuteness gimmick is overdone or exploited. It all feels like that's just the way they've written that character. It, it's natural. It's effective. It works. And it's never, it's never spackle to hold something together. Yeah. I, I do feel like, you know, it's one episode, but I definitely didn't feel like they shoehorned him in or they just gave too much. Like they're together. He made the decision to stay with Mando, which by the way, for people who were watching or season three that didn't do book of Boba Fett, they're probably really confused. I saw this great uh, yeah. meme on, on the internet. Um, it was, it had, uh, you know, it was something along the, the title, something like for, for people who didn't watch um, Book of Boba Fett and it was uh, somehow Grogu has returned and it was yep. kind of overlaid from, from Rise of Skywalker, which was, you know, kind of almost ironic just how, how big that particular line has gotten with people kind of tearing that movie apart now going, yeah, this was sort of stupid. Like, Palpatine returning kind of just invalidates everything that happens at the end of episode six, but that's another conversation for another day. But it, it, that it is really funny for anybody that maybe didn't, didn't uh, check that show out, which you probably should. It's, it's good. Like watch that show. Yeah. And you know, this is, so we're about, so Mandalorian is five years after return of the Jedi. And it's about, three years that have now passed. So it's kind of funny to see how quickly, especially given some of the dialogue on Navarro that boy, the new Republic does not last very long because between this and the force awakens, I saw that it's about 22 years, which doesn't seem like a long time for things to already start. Like, like how does that happen relatively quickly, at least in terms of, you know, you, you had chaos a lot longer than you have peace. Yeah. I think that star Wars at some point is going to, and I don't know you'll get it in the Mandalorian but shows that spin off from this or films, even they're at some point going to have to truly address in, in TV or film form, not in like tie in comic or mm-hmm. tie in novel, how exactly we go from the new Republic to it all crumbling. And the empire literally just comes back as the first order. Like people remembered how awful the, 
like the empire was like they blew stuff up the whole planet's got obliterated with their death stars and the stormtroopers like shot a lot of innocent people when they could actually hit anything right until it mattered yeah until it's a hero character and then it just bounces all over the place um at some point i i feel like they do owe us a story on how that actually happens yeah i i I do think that would be interesting to see um you know also I do like the fact that Mando is so committed to, you know, restoring his honor, so to speak, that he gives up kind of probably a cushy job. (laughs) Um, But just the driving force of his conviction, I think is really going to be what maybe carry some of this season and and i'm here for that yeah it's interesting that he meets other mandalorians understands that this is the way is not the only way there are other the ways Mm -hmm. and he still adheres to his sect of mandalorians even when he he meets up with bo katan again you know he's got the opportunity to maybe establish something outside of the, the death watch. It's the, it's called the death watch, right? I'm, I'm not yep. getting that wrong. Um, and still kind of stays true to that. So what I'm hoping for this season is that some of that conflict of understanding that there are other Mandalorians out there who have somewhat different beliefs, but they're all still Mandalorian. I, I'm hoping we see some of that inner conflict because I think that could be really interesting and really powerful. And not only that, but it gives the show an excuse to let Pedro take his helmet off again. Right, exactly. Um, so the one thing that I didn't really care for is the need to get the droid back just to have it be because that kind of felt like it was put in there just so we could get the scene with Groku, which I love. And it's cute with him squeezing in like bad baby. I get it from like Mando's thought, but that scene did feel a little to me, like forced in that he had to have the droid back. Because if the droid itself is not accepting its reprogramming, he could just get another droid and get that reprogrammed just as right. easily as he could program this particular one. Uh, unless it doesn't he really... have a hundred problems in half a body. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's missing about like seven boxes of an erector set to rebuild this. Thing. So <laughs> yeah, that did feel kind of a little, I don't know not perfect, but it's still the first episode of the season. Right. I, I have a minor concern and it's minor at this point, but one of the things that really stood out up to this point through season one, particularly season two, was it felt like a series of fetch quests. It felt like, okay, Mando, you need MacGuffin X. You have to go to this castle. And mm-hmm. once you get there, 
this person is going to say, okay, before you can proceed, you have to bring me this. And then you get to the next place and this shopkeeper says, you must bring me this. And then, you know, you just kind of run back all over the galaxy, fulfilling everybody's wishes. It really feels like an open world RPG at that point. <laughs> and, and that's sort of, it was effective in that the storytelling was good, but it did sort of like, it stood out to me. Like, is this the elder scrolls like on like Tatooine? I don't know, but I, I didn't really care that much because I was having fun with the story. It does kind of feel like we're heading down that same path. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I particularly care, but it is a little concern. Yeah, no, I definitely think there is a small concern to that. But again, in terms of what we have gotten, I will give this show the benefit of the doubt because oh, it it has earned it. Um, and can we um, can we get a hashtag starting grief cargo shot first? Can we start that hashtag? <laughs> uh, I would like to appeal to all the MGTTM listeners, both here in the United States and worldwide. We see you. We know you're out there. Uh, let's get it started on all of your favorite uh, social media platforms. Hashtag grief cargo shot first. Yep, absolutely. Because we know that's what happened. So, Rob, I know you and I both just because you know, this episode kind of takes a step back. Like we said, to go forward, we didn't have a lot of bullet points on this episode. Again, music is great. Visually, it's incredibly appealing. Are are there any other focus points that you want to hit on in this episode? One little Easter egg that I caught that I don't know how many other people would catch because it's not truly a star Wars Easter egg, but one of the pirates is named Vane, um, which I think is actually kind of a little wink and a nod to a golden age of piracy. So you think like the mm. early 1700s, uh, like 1710 to about like 1719, uh, there was a pretty bad guy by the name of Charles Vane that uh, was one of the major, major pirates of the time. Uh, most of the major pirates you can think of, he either sailed with or or was a part of their crew at one point or another. Um he uh, is actually a real pirate and a really, really bad one at that. And I thought it was kind of cool that um, they kind of named this one uh, after a real life pirate from from history. So I thought that was kind of a cool Easter egg. Yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. But I- I'm going to be really curious. Any other points or are we going to grab some popcorn? Oh, it's popcorn time. All right. So. Popcorn time. Let's rate this episode. I'm going to let you go first because I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, and I struggled with this because it's not like this episode really has anything wrong with it. But mm-hmm. it's it's maybe not to the height of what we've seen in other episodes of The Mandalorian. So I can't in good conscience necessarily give it a five because a five for The Mandalorian for this series means something else it's it's the you know it's it's din taking his helmet off saying i you know i want to make sure that you'll be able to find me like it's that like that's that's five like that's where the bar is set so i'm gonna say four and a half because there's really nothing that i say is bad about this episode nothing wrong it just it we're we're early into the season we're we're still kind of baiting some hooks we're we're setting up the things that are going to happen I 100% can't wait for this Wednesday when the new episode drops. Uh, 
but it isn't quite as as high as what we've seen. So I kind of feel like four and a half feels like about right. Yeah, you know, I'm one bucket below. I think it's a four. I still very much enjoyed it. It was great to see these characters back. I understand that, you know, we can't just come completely out of the gate. There's got to be a setup to what this season is going to be all about. So I respect that. Um, But to me, this is a full bucket off from a perfect five. So I rated it at a four. Makes sense. I I toyed with it, but I, yeah, I'm with you. I I totally, I think most people are going to feel somewhere in that range. Yeah. So that'll do it. We will continue to bring you new episodes of the Mandalorian every single week. We have one episode left of the last of us. So uh, easy transition for Pedro Pascal. Pretty much. He's dominated the later half of February and into (laughs) March on this podcast. Yeah, we are uh, standing for Pedro, or are we simping for Pedro Pascal? I don't know. what The kids say those words. I don't know what they mean, but uh, yeah. it's one of those two, I think. We'll see which one. Somebody let us know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, I get a, can I get a Gen Z listener to email the show at mgttmpodcast at gmail.com and let, let me know which of those words it is, or if it's not either of those, uh, let me know what the right one is. Yeah, absolutely. So, listeners... Thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to bringing you all new episodes of The Mandalorian, and we will see you very soon at Macos of the Movies.